You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave talking about the three and zero Green Bay Packers coming off a 37 to 30 win at the Superdome against the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. Dave, um, we're looking at pretty impressive offensive team here. Really impressive. And why is that, Chris? Like, why is it so different from last year to this year? So that's that's the I have some ideas and I'm curious what you think. It's totally unexpected to me, uh, you know, without any preseason to, to give any sort of flavor to things. And, you know, the guys on defense keep on, you know, popping up who, who was it? Oh, that's right. They drafted him. You know, I just never seen these guys play. Uh, so I, I'm really surprised because they look so very different than they did last year. And even Rogers affect on the field, it's, yeah. I thought he would be surly and crabby because they drafted his successor. Instead, he's like loose and he's laughing and he's taking the check down. And it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole different deal. And I'm not really sure what happened during you know, the quarantine period of, of, you know, from the end of last season to the beginning of this one. Other than it seems that the guy that's the most important player on the field, number 12, just seems to be willing to say, okay, you know, the offense uh, calls for me to, you know, throw these little, you know, short passes, you know, throw to guys who I never wanted to throw to before. Fine. I'll just do that. And he's done it consistently. And all of these games are like that game against the Raiders last year where he just kind of took what was there and they moved down the field. That's the only explanation that I have is that there's a, a willingness uh, and a consent by the most important player to get with the program. Well, it's easy to say it's because he's not drinking scotch anymore. Because I, that's <laughs> he switched to tequila, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Because yeah, uh, there was an edge to him last year, right? There is always this yelling. I, I kid about the the drinking, and although they were thirteen and three, it wasn't like well he yeah. drank because they lost. I mean, they won a ton, <laughs> but he was still uh, so, there's something. I think a big thing happened. Maybe either it's the power of Zoom calls. I mean, I love <laughs> working from home myself, so uh, maybe it's part of that. Um, I don't know if, if it truly is like they finally sat down, got on the same page. Like last year, he didn't want to get on the same page. Like somehow, you know, like I feel like I can get a lot done in a day and a week and a month. I mean, they have, they have a lot of time to sort of put things together. Now I get it that I, two second year is better than the first year, but last year it felt like they were just butting heads. And now this year it's this like beautiful, symphony that they've created together because why i i i'm really baffled by it but i know i i have a thought of what's causing the success of it and you know what in particular it is um but yeah i agree with you that 
it, there's something different about this year than there was last year. And I don't understand. I really don't understand why last year had to happen more than why this year is happening. You would hope that your best player and coach would be on the same page, but it looks like they are now. You know, it's, I, w- I was trying to put myself in, this is impossible, put myself in Aaron Eric- Rodgers' position. Uh, but, you know, in some ways, um, I am in that position. Maybe you are a little bit. Here's a guy uh, approaching the end of his career. He's got a you know, couple of good years left in him, probably. Um, but maybe he just had the realization about the time he you know, kicked Annika to the curb or <laughs> how, however that, that worked. You know, everyone's thinking uh, it, but yeah, it's yeah, probably I mean, not that. But we we're, all think it. We're not exactly. Hey, maybe she dumped him. I don't know, but maybe he had an epiphany and said, "You know what? I'm not 40 years old yet. I'm 30, going on 37 years old. Um, I have got generational money. Um, I'm in good health. Um, I have a clean slate again now with my relationships, and you know, I'm kind of feeling pretty good." Where I am right now, all that's left for me really is legacy. So how do I get there? Well, you know, maybe I do it by giving a chance to what this guy is talking about. Some interesting concepts. I mean, why the hell not? What's the worst that happens? I'm still getting paid. And maybe he's just relaxed now and is willing to you know, take what's in front of him as opposed to imposing his will. And I think there's a freedom sometimes in, in letting go. I know that sure. sounds like a self-help book you get at the airport, but I kind of think there is something to that. And as my own, you know, personal life and career and circumstances, you know, when at some point you get to the place where you've, you know, you really don't have a lot else to prove. And so you, you relax and you maybe take some chances and you just let, let it happen. And I'm guessing maybe that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Yeah, I this is like you said it's hard to put yourself in in his shoes, but I'm reminded of when I first started this the fact this example isn't even close. I'm going to do it anyway though cuz um it's a podcast and no one's going to stop me. It's it's your only frame of reference is your experience, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's uh, I, my own, the window to the world is just my own experience. That's right. <laughs> but when I first started working, I was like uh you know, I went to a small Christian liberal uh, college that uh, then I was working for a large bank it's, and I was very it's, a, it's an elite college though too it is a top uh, 30 liberal arts college but yeah, besides being this little Christian fair. college yeah it was but it w- didn't prepare me for working for a larger bank with the you know the state big UW students and stuff like that just trust me on that right. and I remember I was like struggling with confidence and I remember I had a lunch with one of the they, they had us rotate through and we had a lunch with some big shot and uh, I I kind of like told him, I was like, look, you know, one of the things I'm struggling with is my confidence and, and, you know, starting work and everything. And he's like, yeah, I can understand that. And then we left, I shook hands. He goes, Hey, by the way, you need a firmer handshake. And (laughs) (laughs) my God, what is this guy coming on you or what? No, (laughs) no, but I mean, all of my confidence like shattered, but then what happened, it was like, my confidence got so low. I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. What am I worried about? Like what? What's the worst thing can happen? They can fire me and I'll start over, but at least I'm not going to be this nervous or whatever anymore. And so it like I it was like a breaking of some sort. Like then I just I just went with it. And I kind of feel that Rogers is is like he's so different that it's like he went through and I think there were some articles and some interviews that he kind of talks about that he went through some you know, obviously there is the relationship, but um yeah. that he sort of had you know, you wonder if he either broke or he had an epiphany or like something, but he's a different person. 
and it's playing out in the game where you're right. Not only is he throwing to big Bob Tanyan and <laughs> Sternberger and these guys who he'd never throw to last time, but he doesn't scramble, look down the field for five seconds and then throw it to Sternberger last second. He, he throws it to him because that's the way the play is designed. And I think that is all the difference. And against Atlanta, it looked like their game plan was to stack the box so Aaron Jones couldn't beat you, get them into third and long. And, uh, and especially with Devontae Adams, you know, they're, and maybe they took away MVS or I don't, someone, they were hinting that that was true. I have a thought about that as well. But really, you know, they took, they try to stack the box, they try to take deep balls away. Well, what's open is the tight ends. Like, and, and Aaron Rodgers actually took what was there and moved the ball down the field. And a lot of our drives, you know, a lot of the like first play of the drive was a bootleg to one of the tight ends gets 15, 20 yards and you're almost at midfield. And that's, that's huge. That I, I can't think that even against the Raiders or the chiefs or in those games last year, was he so willing to go with the play and do it in rhythm and do it on time, go with what's, what's there. And it's just, it's complete 180 from what it was last year. Yeah. And, and, and the effect has been great. 122 points. You know, they're averaging over 40 points a game. Uh, his quarterback rating is kind of where it was, albeit in, in 2011, he played 15 games to get to where that is. But, you know, his, his rating is about, you know, where it was then. He's playing, he's playing that well. Uh, you know, and, and maybe it was looking back at those game films from 2010, 2011, and he got rid of the ball a lot faster. It was decisive. I don't think he took as many sacks. He's taken what? How many sacks? Is there two sacks? Two. Yeah, I think. Three. He just and said one. Think, yeah, one sack in this game, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's two sacks in three games. And it's largely because, well, they have, they have a good offensive line, but they've been shuffling guys in and out. I think the biggest reason is because, you know, he's making a read and getting rid of the ball. And I yeah. think that is a huge factor in keeping him clean. It may have been a factor in him saying, I'm 37 years old. I don't like getting hit. And this offense means I don't have to get hit. I can get rid of the ball. We can move it down the field. And I can have a high quarterback rating. I can have some fun. And all I can do is just throw the ball. Then it's up to somebody else to catch it. And I know that I'm not going to get nailed after running around for seven seconds back there. I can find somebody and get him the ball. And it's a completion. I, it just... It seems like he, he has kind of figured out the fact that there's a lot of places if he just throws on time to get rid of the ball and, you know, move it down the field consistently. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and you correct me here if I'm wrong, but I don't think that they've gone three and out this season yet. Can, can you think of a time where they've gone three and out? Um, I mean, they haven't punted much at all. I think they punted maybe, what, twice uh, in this game. And... I I don't I don't think they've gone three and out this season. I thought in the last game there was one where they had a bad three and out against the Lions. Um, but you're right; it's not it's it's, it's not, not been, many. Yeah, so it's like he sort of figured, okay, well, all right. So all we get on first down is six yards, and I know that's not exciting, but hey, second and four, now that's workable. <laughs> right. And and it's it seems as though they haven't punted much, they haven't gone three and out much because. He's willing, you know, to take those small gains and not, you know, take the big 12-yard sack that puts him in a bad position. And consequently, the offense is, is very tough to stop. Yeah, it looks like uh, there was a drive, end of the game, horrible drive. Kneel down, kneel down, kneel down. 
No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, I, I can't find uh, any three and outs. You're right. I've been tracking the, the drives with my green pen for the Packers and a different color pen. I, I, I don't see any that's a three and out. Yeah, um, it's remarkable. I don't see many on the other side either, but I don't see many on the offense. Well, we'll we'll get to that. I but I I would be curious to you know the the stat heads out there, the people that are you know have no time shut ins, essentially our listeners, um, to go back and has there been a three game period when the Packers have not had a three and out? I mean it it seems to me as though even in 2011, I mean they had periods where because they were going for those, those big, you know, bigger plays that sometimes it just didn't work and he got a penalty and then he had to go three and out. It's, this is, seems really unusual to me that they've had such a long stretch where they're always gaining yards and they're, and they're not forced to, to kick the ball away very often. And this is pretty remarkable in my opinion. So there was one drive, it was a four and out, uh, it, and it was right before half and it was kind of a, the point when I was getting very anxious about the game, they had, uh, I got a first down and they went three and out, um, after that punted. And then they got the touch saints got a touchdown right before the end of the half. So that's as close to a, a three and out, but even, you know, one first down kind of gets you out of, yeah. you know, deep in your own territory. So uh, you're right. I mean, they are, they're having a lot of success on first down. I don't think they're getting, I mean, they're getting a lot of first downs on first and second down, which is something yeah. I think last yeah. year they weren't doing either. It was always first, second, come on, you know, and then first, second. So I feel like you're getting third down fewer and it's definitely fewer yards. It's all different. It's, it's just all different and it's great. And we're on the other side of it now, right? So hopefully this will never have to be a problem ever again. Like <laughs> they will be on the same page. Why would they ever go back? Why would they ever go back? Yeah, well, and but but that's why this is always so interesting. We have talked before on this podcast many times that how a team looks in September is very often different than they look at Thanksgiving or in the first part of December. Uh, and it'll be curious to know. I mean, a couple of injuries, you know, here and there. Um, the, the whole complexion of the team, you know, could be different eight weeks from now. Uh, but right now, I mean, they are looking, despite the defense, I mean, they're looking pretty much like they can do whatever they want to do offensively. And that's what I think this is a pretty good Saints defense, too, that they were able to move the ball against. So I, there, there's a lot of reason for Packer fans to be encouraged, I think. I think so, too. You know, and then talk about the defense. You know, the I, I my belief is that this defense uh, – doesn't have to be good. Certainly does isn't going to be great. Um, and I don't think they were great in 2011. They were really, really good. In 2010, they may have been a little bit better than than average, but you know it was because they had a couple playmakers. Yeah. I think 10 was a pretty good year for them uh, defensively, even though they had a lot of personnel changes. That defense was good because you had Clay Matthews in his in his Woodson. prime and, tra- yeah. and Charles Woodson. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good defense. 11 was really good at making big plays, but they were porous as hell. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, Tremont Williams had a big year in 10. Yeah, uh, you know, Nick Collins Nick still Collins, played. Yeah, Nick Collins, yeah. And so, yeah. I think that's probably right. But at 11, you know, they won a lot of games with a defense that wasn't, you know, was very porous. And, and my belief is, regardless of who they play, it's my theory that the defense, I don't know if I said this last podcast, the defense has got to get, I think, four stops a game, including a punt. So, you know, I, I, a punt is just a long turnover, right? So I'd say they need to get four turnovers a game, including punts. If they can do that, then I think they've done their job. It doesn't matter that Kamara runs down the field and bounces around people, uh, <laughs> like you know they have no arms. It, it's it, 
it's it's they have to get the next one. They have to make a stop. So they get to get four stops. If they can do that, and the offense does their job, which is pretty much to score consistently, um, then I think that you know we will be in every game. I thought last year, you know, the defense when it would have maybe five or six stops, well then the offense would have their own six or seven stops, and uh, you know we didn't improve the defense enough where we can be dominant at all. But the offense has got to has got to carry it. I think everyone's saying that, you know, Colin Worth said something to the effect that our defense is built for blowouts. <laughs> do you hear him say that? I don't know. You listen I, to the radio well, broadcast. I, no, I, I, I do have it on, but the sound is down pretty low and only turn it up when there, you know, there's some kind of drama happening on the screen that needs explanation. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, Chris Collinsworth fan, though. Uh, and now you get a double dose with his son on there, too. Do you notice? His son that does the pre and post game. Mike Tarico is his son. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, have you seen his son? It's like Jack no. Collinsworth. No, I, I I saw it on the screen, and I thought, is that a mistake? Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, because well, it, it must be a son because you know he can't spell Chris. He's lacking an H, and his son's lacking a K in his name. Right, so. <laughs> It must be a family thing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, but what do you think? I think the defense, that's what I think. You know, that's their, it's going to be Alexander with the interception. It's going to be a third down sack, you know, by one of the Smith brothers. It's, um, I, I don't know, whatever else. But, I mean, if you get into, and this is why I thought we were going to lose this game because we're, we're, we weren't getting a lead. We're, it was tight, and we weren't, we weren't, weren't able to get ahead until – we get the fumble, and and yep. that turned the whole thing around. And that's what the defense is. It's got to just be there to take that opportunity when it's there, and then t- turn over the offense, let them score, and then turn their other offense into something they're not, which is you know only passing all the time to try and catch up. That's the formula. I, that there yep. is unless we go out and sign some free agents out there on defense that. You know, a bunch of Howard Greens and <laughs> I guess, is there some guy, some linebacker out there that wants that's like potato chips or snacks or something like that that people are still chasing down? Is there? <laughs> I, well, hey, Clay Matthews is still out there if you want a linebacker. That, you know what? Actually, I would love that. I would. Is he any worse than Ty Summers? Although I don't think Ty you Summers know, is terrible. Hey, but. I, I think Ty Summers led him in tackles uh, this week. I know, I know he looked bad on that uh, on that long uh, 52-yard run by Kamara. Um, but, you know, I I don't think he's as stiff, and they're, they're also getting uh, Martin back uh, soon, yeah. I think, oh, from is that right? IR. Uh, I don't think – I wanted Clay to come back and play inside for them, but now that I see the guys they have inside – uh, I think even Oren Burks might have made a play, you know, uh, from scrimmage, one tackle at least. So I, I kind of think that their team might be set going going with younger guys. Now, it, of course, that that's all off if if um, if it turns out uh, that Kirksey is his injury is significant, going to keep Motto out, then then maybe Clay comes back into play. Yeah, you know, I I think it would be great. Although I wonder if. Uh... You know, everything has to do maybe with the chemistry in the locker room. I'm sure, I think Clay was a good locker room guy, but I wonder. I think he if was. They, if you say, "Look, you bring him back in. He's such a personality here in Green Bay. You know, every, he's going to be best friends with some, doesn't know others. Like it's going to ruin the chemistry." I wonder if that's a factor when you look at a guy like him coming back. Well, he'll he'll want his number back, and I'm not sure that uh, Gary's going to give it up. Yeah, yeah. Other Gary got hurt. It looked like right because he uh, hurt his. Ankle, I want to say, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that I would have liked to have seen him make some more plays because, uh, but I didn't see his number out there. So I, I know that he tweaked something when it was early. Well, should we go through the first half real quick? I we can go through it quickly because uh, it was a half that really frustrated me, almost to the point where I had this feeling that co- post COVID. That anxiety, stress, other than you know, life, work, and family, um, is it was not there. And then all of a sudden, it's that ugly, stressful sports feeling again. <laughs> Completely <laughs> punted on the Bucks. I punted on the Brewers, even though they backed hey, into the playoffs. Hey, I, they're the post three years in a row in the postseason. Come on now. Well, and uh, the Packers won their first two games relatively easily, and then this was going to be kind of a grind. And even though I'm sitting on my couch at home, I feel like. I'm like getting ready for war. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm buckling down. Like I'm going to stress out with this game. This is going to, and, uh, um, I actually hit the, it was so bad. I hit the release valve, um, which we can talk about in the second half. I'll, I'll tell you what my release valve was, but let's just talk about the first half real quick. Was that, um, was that Packers therapy after dark? When we talk about Dave hits the release valve. <laughs> Not that, well, it'll make sense. Why do you turn everything I say into such? <laughs> because you're such an easy target. <laughs> That's why. That's what I did. I like. Why am I so stressed? I'm here alone. So I, I so I hit the, the the release valve. You know, who asked me to hit the release valve? <laughs> and man, I felt better. Yeah, yeah, it was great. See, um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, so the game started with a three and out on defense. So there's number one. What do you think about that, Chris? <laughs> Well, I I think that was a wonderful start, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go through highlights of. Uh, I did have some notes of uh, Billy Turner. I think my, my first thoughts as the game started was Billy Turner looks like he's not playing very well, and that Twitter kind of like blew up with that. Um, did you notice him at all? I kind I kind of felt like he had a couple bad plays early in, uh, well, on a run what play, I, and um, what I noticed uh, was his hair. Uh, pretty he does, much. Now, you're able to pull the hair, right? Yes. Yes, you are. What if you're on defense and, you know, can you pull – could he pull his hair and, like, pull him away from blocking and opening up, like, for a blitz? Like, that's – I think that's probably – Is that holding? Hole. Yeah, it's a hole. I think you can tackle by the hair. Oh, it just can't. Okay. So yeah. you think that – I that makes sense, but I yeah. thought – so Billy Turner didn't alarm you in any way other than his hair? Uh no. Um, I was surprised they played him at tackle. I, I thought they would move him uh, inside, and I thought Rick Wagner um, or Rick, Richard Wagner um, <laughs> would have been, you know, kept at right tackle because he seemed like he was doing fine. And if you know Turner played guard last year, he wasn't great, but he was adequate there, and that's what I thought they would do. So I was real surprised uh, to see him at right tackle. Apparently, they they think he's better at tackle than guard. Um, I thought he was I thought he was okay, and it didn't appear to me as though they had any turnstiles out there at all. I mean, Lucas Patrick uh, seemed like he held up well. Part of it, Dave, I think is, you know, they, the the offense is so uh, decisive that there isn't a lot of opportunity for the offensive linemen to be exposed because they're not, you know, forcing to themselves to have to block, you know, five seconds all the time. Yeah. You know, the, the ball is, is gone so quickly that uh, they're not, as uh, exposed in the same way with the running game, they run so many of these zone concepts, you know, where the whole line is going to be shifting left or right. And then the running back will, you know, cut off of the backside. 
Um, so it's it's not as though there's a lot of this isolation blocking where you have guys pulling and you know it's obvious if they're going to whiff in space or something like that. Uh, there, there's there's not a lot of opportunity for individuals on the line, as far as I can tell so far this year, to be exposed as being problems. I mean, it's it really is a team concept. So I didn't have any real problems uh, with Billy Turner. I just wish he could have seen more of him wearing one of his hats on the sidelines. Yeah, or between him and Aaron Jones. Exactly. Those sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, he got some good hats this team. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, that is that going to be a problem? Although the one sack that we had, the one sack of the game, it looked like that was a miscommunication. That, that's, well, Rodgers took the fall for that one. He said yeah. he, he, he should have changed the blocking scheme. He, you know, he saw it coming and he just, he just didn't adjust to it. So, all right, that's fair enough. Yeah, and I guess, it, but the problem is, it's like you can't afford to do that on a third. Like, you offense, you have to score, like, every time. And sure enough, you know, uh, the Saints get the ball, march right down the field and score. Uh, Kamara with a huge run. And I, oh. I did, well, the player that stuck out to me on that one was Adrian Amos. And I thought, oh, you know, he's he looked been terrible on that. He, didn't he? Yeah. I thought oh. now, is he older to the point where, you know, that this is a guy that we need to worry about. And the thing that bothers me with Redmond and Amos and Savage even is that we have had some really weak safeties for the last few years. Like I'm looking at that guy over on the saints. Is that Malcolm Jenkins? Yeah, like that dude is a player. Like yeah. we have not had a safety. We really haven't had a middle linebacker either. But he's just been so deficient. I, I think having a a stud safety would be something this team really needs. And you know, we just got a bunch of guys who are kind of kind of dudes running around back there. Yeah, I keep waiting for Savage to be that guy. I don't think Amos is going to be that guy. I don't think he's getting older, but I do think that he got Kamara. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a guy. Kamara's a guy who's going to make a lot of guys look bad. And then that one play, he made five Packers look bad. That's that's just kind of of who he is. So I'm not going to judge uh, Amos because he looked ridiculous uh, on that particular run. A lot of guys do. Yeah. Uh, but it's fair to say that the Packers don't have some of these more dynamic defensive backs or at least safeties that some of the other teams seem to. Not since Nick Collins, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think they're right. I think the last either in Woodson, I suppose you could say, um, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. would, would have been a, a very good safety. But uh, we've been really deficient in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they say scored seven three. We kicked another field goal, and so I'm thinking, you know, that this is not good. We can't trade right. field goals for yeah. touchdowns, and the offense is is not quite clicking. Although I I think I have figured out if you're going to get a tackle as a running back. Flip yourself on your back like you've been tackled by the horse collar um, because yeah. I'm seeing that call a lot. Hey, the and, Packers uh, had a lot of calls go in their favor in this They game. did. Yeah, that was one. Although I thought, you know, the roughing the punter didn't go their way. True. Um, True. We almost got the uh, that fourth down mark we had. I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding me. It but was that... like the fix was in. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I terrible. did start to um, but actually, on the next play, after we were uh, down six to seven, uh, we did get a stop and uh, three and out uh, again. Yeah, yeah, at three and with uh, a key, uh, the first of two Kiki sacks. His first name is yeah. Is is it Kingsley? Kingsley. 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 And I actually heard Gary Ellerson uh, had a true Packers therapy moment <laughs> that, of course, nobody got when he when when he uh, and because he did it so great, so deadpan. When Kiki's name came up, um, 
I think he was being interviewed by their morning guy, Bart Winkler. Yeah, who I love, and, uh, by the way. I know you don't yeah, like well, I mean, well, yeah. I, th- I think Bart is an okay guy, but he's he's a he's a windbag on the No, radio. he's hilarious. Oh, he's uh, funny. Well, see, but he didn't get the joke. So he asks oh. Ellerson about it, and he, he says, now, Kiki, now, he's from London, right? And I thought that was so Packers therapy. That was absolutely oh, great. Of good, course, yeah. with a name like Kingsley Kiki, of course he's from London. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well. I, <laughs> and, I, Bart, and Bart didn't get it. <laughs> I elevated to Saintly, so you know if he uh, gets a few more sacks. But you know, not only did he have two sacks, he looked active. He on, looked, on, like, I, pr- I was really wondering, good. where's this guy been? You know, I, know. I mean, you, you keep hearing about what a disappointment he's been in practice, and when he has played, he's been a non-factor. This game, he showed up with a strip sack and a regular sack. He looked, he looked like a difference maker. He did. I mean, you put Kenny Clark there next to him, and then you got the two Smith brothers, and then Gary. Um, you know, I. Uh, they, their pass rush could be really good. And again, then this goes back to, you know, the, getting four or five stops on defenses. You got to somehow stop that run, you know, hopefully a running back trip. So it's second and nine. And then whatever happens to so now you're third and you're in long, you're in a, in a definite passing down. Well, that's where the defense I think can shine. You've got good cover corners, maybe another pass rusher and Kiki. Th- that would be fantastic. So, you know- that's sometimes that's where you get the internal improvement. It's just, you know, guys take a, a year or two and they figure it out. I mean, Nick Collins took a couple of years before, you know, he was good. He was a disappointment the first couple of years. And yeah, I remember about- even, on the, even on this podcast, you know, we were yeah. like, oh, God. And then he came around and they really felt it in 11 when he got hurt. So maybe this is one of those cases where, you know, Kiki's just going to take a little time, you know, and then he'll, you know, maybe now that he's forced to play, he's figured something out. So then uh, Packers get the ball back, and uh, we score a touchdown, which I thought, all right, things are now kind of set. This is good on a deep ball to Lazard, which I thought was remarkable because he stumbles, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought at that point, Doug on it. I thought it was over, and uh, he still caught it. I thought that was a remarkable catch. I, I don't want him stumbling. <laughs> and the dudes needs to catch a bomb and, and get it in the end zone because we almost didn't score a, a second one, but – um, what a, it was a remarkable catch and, yep. uh, you know, a, really a great game by this guy. But here's what I thought was amazing about that play. There he had a great uh, shot of it from the end zone. So you're looking back at Rogers and here, uh, is 13, right? Lazard is running his pattern. He's not looking back for the ball. He's making his move. And by the time he looks back, the ball's already halfway to him. I mean, Rogers has thrown the ball long before Lazard has looked back for it. And so that was, I thought was remarkable that, you know, he sort of estimated where the guy was going to be. Lazard didn't know if the ball was coming to him or not. And he had to find the thing, which maybe is why he stumbled a little bit and he finds it, locates it and makes a terrific catch. I I thought that was a, a beautiful play on a lot of levels. And it really gave me an appreciation for, I mean, and not just Rogers and Lazard, but throughout the NFL, um, how skilled these guys are to be able to make all of this work in such a difficult timing situation. It, it's amazing when you think about it that anybody moves the ball at all. There's so many pieces yeah. that have to work in unity and in coordination and in concert. Uh, it's, it, was, it was remarkable and it was a really great shot. Whoever at, at NBC you know, was able to capture that, it really revealed a lot about how this game is played at the highest level. So now we're up 13-7, and in the first drive, the Saints um, 
All right, at third and 15, uh, there's a pass interference, I think, on uh, offensive pass interference. Um, I, th- I thought it was, a, it was a questionable call. I think it was one of those calls that went the Packers' direction. But then there was a play on third and 15. I think it was a pass to Kamara who had kind of slipped through um, and uh, got a first down. I remember thinking, like, if we could have got the ball there, scored, go up 27, you know, that's the formula to win this game against a team like the Saints. And them keeping it, you know, getting that third down, I thought was really, really big at the moment. Kirksey got hurt on this drive. Uh, a guy named Billy Wynn showed up out of the out of the <laughs> parking lot and started to play. It's such a weird drive. Um, <laughs> That's one but, of those weird things, again, where you don't have the preseason. You don't see these guys. It's like, who is this guy? <laughs> Billy <laughs> Wynn. That's what, what a great name. I want a Billy win on my team. It's a lot than Billy loss. Now that's yeah, the that's, guy that you don't want to have. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they only get a field goal. So now it's 10 to 13. And then this is your four and out. The next drive is, uh, and I felt there was a lot of dancing around. Uh, it wasn't a very coordinated play. I think there was a third and long, um, in there to, to make this a punt. And, and then they run into the kicker. Yeah, that, which, uh, that was, that was, I mean, the officiating crew had a bad night. Uh, yeah. Most of the time, it went in the Packers' favor. That's one that didn't, and that could have been a, a big play because they would have got the ball, you know, the ball back and first down. And then, uh, so then we, Saints get the ball with time left. You think, you know, just let's hold it to a field goal. Maybe ties fine. There's been a lot of up and down. Kiki starts out with a sack again. Uh, so I'm thinking this is, I mean, I think it was a deep sack. But then on second down, there's holding on Zadarius Smith. And I thought, mm-hmm. this is where I need to uh, start looking for a release valve. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it giveth and it taketh away. It's a constant, this back and forth. I thought, what a break for the Saints. And sure enough, you know, they walk down the field and score. Uh, I think uh, Redmond in particular was someone that I thought got picked on a lot. Um, I don't think that was the drive where... Uh, Kamara ran right down the field. I think, oh, no, that was later in the second half. But now the Saints are up 17-13. guess the one thing that was, uh, it was the pass to Emmanuel Sanders that they now said, oh, this is now the play where Emmanuel Sanders oh. is part of the offense. This oh, is what God. they needed. Nauseating. Collins, we're just shut up. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, we go into half down 17-13. And I was feeling pretty bad at that point. Were you feeling bad at that point? Um, I don't know if I, you know, I don't think, I don't recall feeling bad at any point in the game. I was disappointed, you know, with the way uh, Packer defense was getting embarrassed by Kamara at times. I was concerned because I didn't see a lot of Zadarius Smith out there. Um, but I didn't get the sense as though the Packers were necessarily going to lose because they were able to move the ball. And yeah. I, it kind of gave me a sense of, okay, fine. They get the ball back to start the second half. And, you know, sure enough, they, you know, got the ball back, went seven plays, scored a touchdown. So, I, yeah, I, I wasn't concerned because it, it did not seem hopeless. Yeah, maybe I just want uh, things to go much smoother. Like, I, because I, I did. I felt anxious going into the second half, which is uh, a good time for us to take a break. Kind of a release valve, if you will. <laughs> Well, we're going to hit the release valve, and as we hit the release valve, uh, maybe you at home would like to hit the release valve. Never a bad idea. Um, I That's want what the internet is for. The, it's as far as we're concerned. Um, we did get a very generous gift this week, and I think it's, it's worth mentioning our friend Michael LaPointe. Yes, 
Uh, I think that means Michael the Point, I think is the loose translation uh, of that. Uh, Michael, thank you very much. That was very generous of you to go to PayPal, uh, to go to Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com and uh, give us a little something, something, uh, hit your release valve. And uh, it's a it's a very it's it's as as gifts go. This this was a nice one. So thank you very much for that, Michael. If you want to be like Mike, and I hope that you will be. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, go to PayPal. Uh, it's uh, Packers Therapy at Yahoo.com. And you can you know put a little something in our G string. And we would <laughs> definitely appreciate your love for doing that. Just like uh, Michael LaPointe. Thank you, sir, for that. We very much appreciate it. So uh, with that said. Uh, we are going to uh, refill our glasses here, uh, take the shortest of breaks, and come back and talk about the second half with more on Packers Therapy. Chris and Dave, back with more Packers Therapy and prostate talk. Uh, we, have all <laughs> kinds of, we have all kinds of fun stuff to talk about when we're out uh, taking our break. So, But the most important thing, I think, is something you reminded me of just moments ago, Dave. I think we said last week that uh, if the Packers go 4-0, and you're going to schedule your colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah, during the bye week. So yeah, yeah. Dan Quinn, if it, he's been letting the whole city of Atlanta down. He can't let me down. Uh, he's got to come through and pull one, pull one out of his butt so I don't have to put one in mine. <laughs> That's what they do. You know, Once they go in there, they, they definitely pull one out because otherwise you'd be really uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess it's the first part I'm – trying to avoid but yeah i said i would do that i've got the doctor's phone number here because i figure they could probably beat atlanta the way they're circling the bowl as it as it was uh so <laughs> what an apt metaphor nice yeah, yeah right <laughs> that wasn't an unintentional one that was uh that was intentional so anyway it's i'm i'm ready to make that appointment I, i'm not but I'm going to give it time because uh, we'll we'll see what happens this weekend. But see what happens on on next Monday when the Packers play the play the Falcons. Uh, we know what happened in the second half in New Orleans. Packers uh, got the ball to start at the half and they went downfield in seven plays and only took them a couple minutes and uh, they they took the lead and you know I I felt good about it because. Again, able to kind of move the ball, and when you when you can do that, I just get the sense as though they're going to be able to outscore teams. Well, first you had a second bomb to Lazard, yeah. so it's like, uh, look, if if Devonte comes back and Lazard is a deep threat, uh, not to mention you know MVS, but I, I want to come back to MVS, but you know that was the second deep ball for Lazard, but you know the second time he doesn't score like that one, yeah, you think. Dude, you got to score on that one. And we almost didn't score because that was the one. We went for it on fourth down, uh, handing the ball off to Aaron Jones, who forces his way through. I mean, that was all that was very stress-inducing. What, uh, what did you think about that call to go for it on fourth down? I, I, I'm a big proponent uh, going for it on, on fourth down when you're that close. Because even if you don't get it, you, know, you, you pin the other guys back. Um, and you know we've 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 seen already this season. Right. You know when a team's got their back against their own goalpost, you know good things can happen. Uh, if if you watched even in the uh, Cowboys game, they, they had some hijinks uh, on special teams. They wound up starting their drive at their own one yard line, and they go to handoff and slow developing play, um, and they wound up getting a safety. So when so when teams are pinned back that deep, 
even if they're able to get a first down or even two first downs and they wind up punting, you're going to get pretty good field possession on, on the, on the flip side of that. So I'm always comfortable when teams go for it or when my team at least goes for it uh, on fourth down at the one yard line. Yeah, it's interesting you know, what you just said there is that when they go for it on fourth down, when it's my team, I, I like it, but I'm nervous. When the other team goes for it on fourth down, I hate it, right? And I guess I was thinking, like, maybe that's how I should judge whether fourth downs are good decisions or not. If I was on the other side, would I be happy that they're doing it or sad? Um, because and, – and this is who the Packers are. They've got to score touchdowns. And do you think that LaFleur is saying, look, we're 2-0. and It's the third game of the season. You know, it's we're playing a team like the Saints. We're going to score a lot. I mean, what's what's the downside of going to fourth down? We we're two and one. I mean, it's it's early in the season, so let's let's go for it. We're on the road, you know, everything. Where maybe on week thirteen against Chicago, or you know, a, a game where it's a little bit more of an important game, you can't take, be as as freewheeling with it. Would you go for it on fourth down, or is this just who he is? You know, it's what they say: all gas, no break. You know the yeah, yeah. Uh, but the metrics support that they do. Uh, Going for it, and I, I think the closer you are to your own, uh, not to your own goal line, but to the opponent's goal line, uh, I, I think it makes sense. You know, even if it's, um, you know, fourth down and you're on the 35, uh, gee, do you do you kick the 52-yard field goal, which the Packers did this week, and it worked out fine. That's a 47% chance. The the stat said, uh, or you know, do you try to get that one yard? Uh, at that point, and you know, I I think going for on fourth down, teams should do it more. It makes more sense. And I really thought they were going to trot out, you know, AJ Dillon because that guy, I'm having a hard time believing he's he's going to be stuffed in the backfield too often. Nagler actually asked that question to the coach uh, in the post game, which there are two things that surprised you there. One is that Aaron Nagler still gets to like he's he's in the press and is asking questions. Of Rogers and the coach, like how cool is that? Um, well, you know, he he is somebody. I mean, you know, he did work for the Journal Sentinel for a while. Uh, when it comes to you know bloggers and podcasters, I mean, the guy the guy is somebody. There's no, no doubt about it. He's a brand. No question. Yeah, yeah, he's he's that's right. Is he is his press credentials through Cheesehead TV? Then is that the you know, I don't know now who he's representing. He, he I think for a while he was with Bleacher Report. Uh, I'm not sure if he still is. Uh, he's got a shitload of followers on Twitter. I mean, yeah. he's he has some kind of portfolio, though, that gives him credibility, uh, even though he's I don't think he's any longer with the Journal Sentinel. But uh, he's definitely somebody I think that has earned, you know, the opportunity to ask a Zoom question. <laughs> sure. And and I, his question was a good one. It wasn't like, what were you thinking when you scored that touchdown? Phil great, Bob. Um, <laughs> You know, and Nagler said, why aren't you using A.J. Dillon, those short yardage? And the coach said something like, you know, that's something we should take a look at. And uh, because I love me some Aaron Jones around the end zone. But, you know, if it's if it's a one on one with a linebacker, uh, sure, he might be able to squirt out of there. But I think A.J. Dillon would have a better chance. So I I wonder if that's just the direction we're going to see eventually. And they're they're just not ready to do it yet because he's just a youngster. Yeah, I think that's a part of the deal that uh, you have to be able to earn your playing time. And like a lot of, you know, talented backs in college, they never really learn to block. And I think until he becomes a guy that they can credibly put on the field 
in passing situations, either as a blocker or receiver, he's probably not going to get a lot of reps ahead of uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably and and you do that even if Dylan is better because Williams has earned his his chance, right? I and I I get that. I just man, Dylan just looks like such a powerhouse. Like, oh yeah, man, you yeah. need that yard. Give it to that dude. Well, anyway, you know, so well, but before before you finish, I, there's one more thing. As long as we're talking about Williams and about Dylan. I don't think it's the craziest idea in the world that they let Jones walk because they want to sign Bakhtiari or Kevin King or both of them, um, and they decide to let him walk. They re-sign Jamal Williams to back up A.J. Dillon. I mean, Maybe, that, yeah. that, that would not so, – because Williams could be a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper on the market – and maybe they sign him to be the, you know, the safety blanket or the, you know, the, the security blanket um, and let Jones, who's going to be really expensive, walk. I, I think Jamal Williams is a really good player and a fun player. I love his attitude. I think Jamal Williams, there's a lot of Jamal Williams out there. I, I think if you let Jones go, it's a decision because you need to sign some other guys. But I, I think you start over. I think you end up drafting you know, a, a running back high and try to get a new Aaron Jones so, or, or you keep Aaron Jones. I don't think you keep and sign Jamal Williams. Um, uh, but, you know, well, I guess we'll see what, what's happening. But and I, it is it's a tough call with Aaron yeah, Jones because I yeah, love Aaron Jones is. and he's more yeah, than so just a running back. Uh, he's a real difference maker and you, and you need a couple of those. Um, I mean, if we have a, we have one, I guess they said that the Packers scored more points in these first three games, uh, in their history. Is that true? For the first three games oh. in Green Bay history, I thought I heard something, 122 yeah. points. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case, but I, I've not heard that or read it. Uh, but sure. I'll, if, if, if this is a buy or sell, I'll buy that. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe you almost say, look, if the offense works the way it works, maybe Bakhtiari's expendable because. Oh, no. I know left tackles. Listen, hear me out, though. I know, but it just, if it's a timing, it's, you know, you're going to get the ball out to your Aaron Jones faster, and Bakhtiari's got more years on him. I, I, I don't know. I think he's only 29, right? I mean, he's not like he's a. An old fart, and and you know linemen can usually play in, into their early to mid thirties. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's just a thought. You don't have to. It's. I'm not making the decision. It's. Uh, yeah. It's a. It's a thought, and it's a bad one, Dave. I just. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, every thought <laughs> is uh, is on the spectrum. It's a thought, nonetheless. <laughs> it's on the spectrum. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we go up 2017. Yep. Saints get the ball, drive down, uh, and, and there's a really interesting play here. So there's a fourth down, and the Saints are going for it. And then I think as a Preston Smith jumps, oh. and the flags go up, and, the, and I thought for sure it's, they're not going to call that uh, a false start. That's, a, that's an offsides, even though I don't think he went in the neutral zone. It's one of those things that you just do it because you do it, um, and, the, and it's going to go against the Packers. And wouldn't you know – I think they made the right call. Now, if a Saints fan, I think it was the opposite. But uh, I think it was the right call. And I thought, what a break that was to have that not go against us. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, So, now it's 2020. (laughs) Packers get the ball, go right down the field. This was a great drive. Um, This was the touchdown to Mercedes Lewis. I guess the Mm. second time ever Rodgers has thrown a touchdown to a first-round pick. First-round pick, yeah. What, What an amazing stat. 
You know, what's amazing about that stat is uh, as soon as that happened, like Collinsworth said it, everyone on Twitter said it. Like, that's a, like, guess what I know that everyone actually knows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I thought the one uh, interesting play on that one, there was a defensive pass interference on Tyler Irvin. Well, the guy got there early and pushed him. But that ball was way over his head out of bounds. I'm surprised we got that call, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that went in the Packers' favor, and that's just another one. So now I'm feeling pretty good. Saints get the ball. Somehow Kamara gets a – I forget if it was a pass or a handoff or what it was. Um, I think it was a, like a, a pass out into the flat. Redmond misses, and then everyone misses. Um, <sighs> right down the field. It might have been like two plays. What was that? Um Three plays. I think there was uh, a long pass to Sanders. Something else happened, and then Kamara gets touched under. It's 27-27. That's the point where I go to my release valve. Do you want to hear yeah. what that is, or do you have any comments about the, uh, the, the I, run? I think I might be a little embarrassed if you were going to talk about your release valve, but please go ahead. What I did is I went to YouTube, and I watched uh, a live stream of Aaron Nagler and, and the other guy um, uh, watch the game. Corey Benke, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was hilarious. I This is now how I may watch the games. I can't recommend high enough. I mean, I hope people still listen to our podcast, too. And those guys probably have a nice, fine podcast. But oh, I yep. think the real beauty yeah. of those two guys is uh, watching the game live with them. I mean, because I had to work with timing it because on YouTube TV that I'm on, it's uh, I'm on a pretty big delay. Uh, but... Like watching it with them live, I mean, they're by that point they're pretty. They've had a few beers at that point too, but um, <laughs> like to watch with someone uh, by myself of who is going to get happier or more sad than me, it helps me contain my emotions a little bit. So I watched the rest of the game with them, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really really fun. I, I knew they were doing that, and I never thought of of trying it, but I just like oh my anxiety is so high at twenty seven all. And uh, and that was really fun. Uh, so I highly recommend that if um, I did it through YouTube, there must be another way to do it because there are people are constantly. Um, I don't know if it's Periscope or some other kind of app that you can do that through because people can give money and comment and all that. But I did it through YouTube and it was it was great. Uh, that was my release valve, by the way. You know, and I think that is a really good uh, tip. I mean, maybe that's for our pop culture segment, but that I, I actually did not know that they did that live during the games. And I can imagine that must be just a hoot. Yeah, it's, it was, it was really fun. So now it's 27, 27 um, Packers uh, have a third and five and run and run uh, handoff to Jamal Williams. What did you think of that call? Well, you know, I'm not necessarily, um, a, I'm not down on, on running on third and five when you have a running game. And as I recall coming into this game, he's averaging you know 5.6 yards a carry. And he's a straight-ahead guy. He picks up yardage. The defense probably not expecting run. I was okay with that. He got within a yard. And I guess maybe it's okay if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down. And uh, this time it doesn't work. And I, I tried very hard to think it didn't work. But I still think that was a good call. Um, again, I wasn't so much the the position on the field. I thought they were. I guess it was pretty close to um, uh, midfield. It I was. Think. It was midfield, yeah. And uh, I thought this is uh, this is a kind of break where the game really is going to be difficult to recover from. But I thought too, if you went for it and didn't make it, then 
at least I thought the way the clock would work is that the Saints scored, you would have a chance to score again. So I felt like there was, you know, if there was three minutes left on the clock, I would have thought, you know, that would have been a big mistake. But I thought there was enough time to recover from that mistake. It was a tie game, not mistake, uh, you know, of a of a of not making it, and um, we didn't make it. But almost we did because that spot. I, uh, that, I mean, I could not believe that they were doing that, and I thought for a minute. You mean New Orleans not going to challenge that? <laughs> I, th- I thought they're going to let that go. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it was, it wasn't that it was. Well, you know, you really could. No, it wasn't close at all. It, it, it was. Wasn't. Yeah, it was ridiculous, and that's what made me think: Are they in the tank for the pack here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's call our bear fan friend and ask him what he thinks. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. oh, yeah. Bear, bear fans who were watching on Sunday night must have been just crazed. Like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Just. But they uh, made the right call, pushed it back, and then the play of the game. And this really was yeah. the this, play this that the play of the game. Yep, it was. It it, it is the the fork in the road that the Saints win if this doesn't happen, uh, Packers win if it does happen. That's uh, is it? Well, I want to say Taysom. Is it Tyson? I, th- I think I think it's Taysom. Taysom Hill um, fumbles the ball. Zadarius makes a play. Very you know uh, Clay Matthews like where. Mm-hmm. In pretty, the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Great game, but you know, did did he say it is time somewhere? Did you did you whisper it is time to Zadarius? Uh, we I, get the fumble. I, wish he, I would have. Yeah, I should have. Uh, if you were at the game, there are few enough people you could have shouted it. He might have hurt you. <laughs> it is you know, time. You know, but the the thing about that is that it was such a quiet game for Zadarius Smith, and he showed up and made that play. And if that's the only thing he does, that would have been good enough because that, that, was, that was why you have that guy. That's why you're paying that guy the money. You love him to be disruptive, you know, every series making some kind of impact. He was, he was quiet. He was being handled. But that play, that critical play, you talk about somebody coming up at a clutch moment in the same way Clay Matthews did in the Super Bowl. Huge, huge play. And, that, and that's, that's why you pay that guy the way you pay him. Now, on the other side of it, something that Gary Ellerson also said, um, and he says this frequently, but that was a case where Peyton probably outthought himself. And I know they use Hill a lot uh, in all kinds of you know weird situations. He plays special teams. Uh, he's playing from scrimmage. He's all over the place. He's tight end. You know, uh, I know the guy can play a lot of positions. I, I totally, I totally get that. And I can see there's use in that. However, this is a deal where, you know, Peyton probably thinking he's the smartest guy in the room. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to outfox everybody here and, you know, and this is what you wind up with. And I, I've not been a huge fan of that. I know people are really enamored with Hill and Packers never should let him go. And then, and well, no, the, the guy's not, your quarterback of the future. And yeah, there's gadget ways that you can use him, but to me, it's always felt like a gimmick anytime that you're not letting your hall of fame quarterback play quarterback and you're having him split out wide or doing some other kind of weird shit. I, I just, I just was not enamored with that. And Hill had a crappy game and I was really glad to see it, especially against the Packers because of all these people that just think that was just a horrific move to let that guy go. That, that guy's not, 
going to be your quarterback. He's he's not even going to be your your backup quarterback. He's a gadget guy at best. And props to New Orleans for finding a way to you know make something out of that. Uh, but for every one of the you know weird things he comes up with, yeah, okay, you're going to have stuff like this too because he's that he's that kind of player. He's he's a gimmick gadget guy. Right? Yeah. Nice alliteration. By the way, gimmick gadget guy. He's a gimmick gadget guy. Yeah, that's uh, he's a we'll he's to... a triple G. He's 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 a G squared. <laughs> no, G cubed. G cubed. G cubed. That's right. Well, I, yeah, they, he has been effective. You know, I I think that's who they are. You know, they like to to you know sprinkle him in. I I think the it wasn't so much to me taking the ball out of Brees's hand. It was taking it out of. Uh, Murray oh, and, and yeah. Kamara's hands. Yeah. Like, okay, good I point. San yeah. Francisco is the only team, and maybe there will be a team that figures this out, is that you um, – I think if you hand the ball off again and again and again and again, I think the Packers can be exposed. But I think this is why the offense is so important. And the game is tight, and you do hand off, like in the next uh, – well, in the drive after this, you know, there was – it's a gain of two. Now it's second and eight, and now you're kind of getting nervous because – if you get a second and long here, then you're going to have a it's, you don't have as many options. So you kind of take the run game out of it when the offense is keeping it close. Because I think New England would have New England New Orleans would have won this <laughs> game, you know, by a lot if they would have run the ball, you know, and never stopped. I think, and you're in the fourth quarter now. Uh, this should have been a heavy dose of of giving it to your running backs and see because we're playing with Barnes and Summers and. Uh, What's his name? Win and you know, there's all these guys. Yeah, Garvin. That, you know, I, yeah, but, but those Burks guys can, is out those there. Guys, those guys can play. You know, they're they not did. bad. But I, I think it would have, uh, I would have made them prove themselves by running and running yeah. and running. But yeah. they gave it to Hill That's and fair enough. you know, and uh, and he fumbles. And so the Packers then go down and kick a field goal, um, which made me think on the play. There's a third and seven, and uh, the Saints ran. Uh, defense where they brought pressure, they covered the hot read. I, it was a really good defensive play, and that made me think, you know, the Saints are a good team, and they have a good defense, and I think we should be proud that we scored 37 points on that defense. I don't think they were... Um, now, I'd, I'd be interested to know what a Saints fan would say of this game. Like, who had the bad game on the Saints side? Like, who are they upset with? Um, but I, I thought they played very well and stopped the Packers to only a field goal. So now it's 30-27. The next, I think the second play of the game happened on the next drive. Saints had the ball. Barnes has a tackle. Summers with a tackle. And then on third down, Chris, if you remember this play, they had a bunch formation on the top of the screen, right? And Kamara is back there. And I only see two Packers on defense. And I think, and I forget, it was, it was third, maybe five or something. And I thought, there is no way we're stopping. They're going to go right to that kind of wide receiver, you know, running back screen. There's only two defenders. It's a sure thing first down, but wouldn't you know, um, I, your I, I didn't see that. Sullivan makes man. a tackle, but someone must have <laughs> blown up the blocks and Sullivan got in there. And I don't know if the Packers baited him into it or like they, they only put two guys, but then collapsed on it really, really fast knowing it was coming. But uh, they sniffed that out right away and got a punt. And then that was – it wasn't the dagger. Yeah, we had to have a touchdown, and um, and then they run out the clock. But oh no, I'm sorry. They get a touchdown. We had to get an onside kick at the end, so it ended up being somewhat nerve wracking at the end. But I thought that was a huge, huge, huge play. 
I thought that was the the second biggest play. And, you know, I mean, we, we were talking about Solomon last week. Great backstory on the guy. And I know he did, you know, birthday greeting for you and all that kind of stuff. Seems like kind of a cool dude. And, you know, he has a habit of, you know, coming up big. He had the, the pick six. He had an interception against Dallas uh, last year. I mean, the guy's got some talent. Um, and he and he came up there. You know, he's got a you know some some playmaking ability. Solid guy. Even though he got you know cut by Philadelphia, this I think is a, the, he's the kind of guy you win with. I'm not, oh, I'm trying to think of the guy um, the Packers had in '96, the safety, the uh, white safety. The, uh, what's well, his name? Prior. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys that you know was just consistently. Salad. He's available. Yeah. He even returned some punts once in a while. Um, I did. Did he have interception in the Super Bowl? He might have had interception in the Super Bowl. I, you know, it's just those kind of guys. You need guys like that on your team that are going to be reliable and dependable. And I, I, I think Chandon Sullivan's one of those guys. So I was, I was glad to see it, but not really surprised. I mean, he's he's the kind of guy who's going to make a play like that. You know, so. Uh, that was that was huge. That was a huge play in the game. It was, and I mean, I have to go look at it again because I I, I, I was talking to um, my friend who is a Bear fan. We talked about those wide receiver screens, or where you have the first two guys cut across the middle, and you have a trailer, and the first two guys basically block out the defenders. It's super hard to stop that on a third and short, and uh, if if run correctly, it's like you can't defend it. It looked like this was what it was going to be. And a Kamara, of all people, I mean, we could not get this guy down to save our lives. And, man, on a third down late in the game, it, it comes through. It was unbelievable. Yep. And then the Packers, you know, made no bones about it on the next drive. They went right down the field. Um, the big was uh, Rodgers was able to draw them off sides on a third and three, oh, which man. is another thing I guess we should talk about. I mean, how much of a break is it that the Packers are playing in New Orleans with no crowd not only is they don't get the noise, but Rogers cadence, the king of kings, the king of cadence, <laughs> uh, can express his powers of uh, getting guys to jump off sides. It's such a weapon, and uh, it basically got them down to the goal line for a touchdown. I love the the call at the end that they. I did not see it coming. The 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 play action to Tanya, and I thought it was just a brilliant call. Um, it's one of those that Why every other team do, does, yeah. and yeah. the Packers never do. Uh, McCarthy's still trying to figure out how to design that play. Uh, <laughs> and we're up 37, 27, uh, saints kick a field goal. And then we've get the, uh, the onside, which was interesting. I, yeah, that, uh, it was like, uh, I, I would at least bat it out of bounds. Like rather than, you know, like a bunt on the first or third baseline, like, could it hug in? Could it stay in? Like how terrible is that? If it stayed, if it somehow it were to stay in bounds, the saints would have got it. Like there were three Saints there, only one Packer. Um, I, isn't I think the well, better it, option is to wait till it gets really close and just kick that thing right out of out of bounds. Well, it hadn't gone the ten yards yet. I mean, that's what the Saints were waiting for is for it to to go over the ten yards before they they could touch it. And no, it but the Packers out of bounds before that. Oh, oh, oh Packer, Packers, and it's at okay. that eight yard line. It's close to the the, the sideline. I would. I don't. Don't try and fall on it because as soon as you touch it, it would, they'll you know right. rip your arms it would just off. Just knock it out of bounds. Just the way like to go yeah, it. yeah, like kick yeah. it like you know you're kicking a brick wall. I mean, just like kick it to tomorrow. Um, <laughs> is that illegal? Because I see. Idea, I like 
running away from it. I don't know if it. that is or not. I don't know what, what the call on that would have been. My guess is, though, it would have been Packers ball. I mean, the Packers can touch it if they wanted to. They right. could have touched it right there. So I don't think that would have been uh, necessarily a problem. Uh, but, I, you know, I, what, what intrigued me about the onside kick, though, day was uh, I hadn't seen the Dallas game uh, the week before when they had done the kind of the watermelon-style uh, right. onside kick. And, you know, what I liked about that was the innovation. Uh, the fact that, you know, for a long time, you know, we've you know, seen guys, we know, will tee up the ball funny and they'll make it hop and all that stuff. But since they changed the rules on the onside kick, I, I thought you know, the onside kick has just gone the way of the dodo. But somebody innovated. Somebody thought of a way that you can make this work by not using a tee and, you know, laying it out there like a watermelon and kicking it that way. And I thought that was a very clever way of going about that because it brings the onside kick back into play. So the rule changes, it's like anything else, any other kind of rule changes. It, it, you know, the, when the SEC makes a ruling, right? I mean, then, you know, in, in investors and stock pickers things have to think of a way uh, to win inside of those rules. And it's that way in pretty much any walk of life. And so, you know, props to special teams guys who are thinking, how do we make the onside kick work in this new environment? And yeah. it, it didn't work this particular time, but I found it to be really intriguing. Now, say, to combat that, my mind is thinking, okay, what would I do then on the other side? So say this thing is spinning sideways like a watermelon. It's coming six yards, seven yards. So you have, yep. you're, you're, you're the packer. You have to decide either I, it's, I, I can control it by landing on it, and I should be able to not let them rip it out of my arms. But there's a chance when they all pile on it that someone rips it out of there and the ref just says, oh, it's, it's uh, Saints ball. Would it be better to grab it and then just completely chuck it behind you out of bounds? Like, you know, so it's not a forward pass. But it's like a backwards lateral, but just go right to the out of bounds. Um, now, I think grabbing and picking up would be potentially a challenge. But like, <laughs> I, I wonder if that would be better, especially if you're near the sideline. Like I said, kick it or uh, or but just to take it and toss it. Like as soon as you try and grab it, like it's there's it's too much variability that, you know, there you might not come out with it. So um, do you remember that time there was like a, a, a kickoff that was really close to the sideline and randall cobb put one yeah. foot out of bounds yeah and, yeah um like, i wonder if you could do that too if you could stand out of bounds and grab it like it's immediately out of bounds even though someone might take it away from you um you know i i don't know why you couldn't do that i've never seen it in that situation but it's the same yeah it's the same thing that 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 randall cobb did you would think the same rule would apply yeah questions questions and we have no answers no uh, of course but, not that's uh, we're here for the we're here to create questions more than answer questions. So that's so, your ball game, Chris. Yep, we won yep. thirty-seven thirty. We're three and zero, and I'm one game away from my colonoscopy. <laughs> well, uh, to me, it was another really uh, victory by the offense, and I, I don't, I would like to see the defense be more stout. I think most Packer fans probably would, um, but this is a legitimate way of winning as well. A defense that is just good enough. Uh, I think you said what four times they keep the other team from scoring, right? Four stops. Yeah. So what? What? Let me actually count this out and see. So we've got one. The first uh, was a three and out. One. There's another punt in the first half. So two in the first half, 
we get a uh, fumble, is fumble. three, yep. and a punt. Uh, so you got four. Yep. And and, 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 that, and that might be good enough. You know, that might be good enough to win. As long as your offense is going to be as good as it appears to look. Yeah. And I think, you know, barring catastrophic injury. On the other hand, though, um, they're not going to be as good without if Aaron Jones gets hurt. But you've got A.J. Dillon, and maybe you can still run the ball with Williams and Dillon. Um, uh, they won this game on the road without Devontae Adams. I think there are answers on the offense, uh, you know, with, with having some of your guys hurt. Uh, Bakhtiari might be, you know, a guy that's not replaceable. I mean, maybe that is is a fatal blow to the offense. Uh, or is it? I mean, you put Jenkins out there and then you, you know, wind up going with Lucas Patrick at one guard and you bring in John Run in at the other. I mean, maybe that's not a fatal problem. It seems like they have they have a lot of solutions to potential problems if they arise. I guess Aaron Rodgers, I guess that's probably Aaron Rodgers is a problem. That, really that's gonna be a problem, yeah. The strength of our offense that other teams don't have is we have I think a system that's clicking and we have a quarterback that when he wants to can execute it really, really well. And and then when it's not working, he can you know, obviously he's the X factor of a of a the bomb is right in your hands. You know, it's it, he can get away from pressure, all that kind of stuff. But could they still score a lot of points without you know whoever? Because it's the system. Like the system is a big, big advantage. Because you know Rogers at his best with a bad system sucks. We've we've yeah. seen it. Yeah. Uh, this system looks great. And because look at the receiving uh, chart here, it is Alazard. Tanyan, five. Jace Sternberger, three. Mercedes Lewis with one. Aaron Jones, Tyler Irvin had a couple of receptions. And, and you know, of a, of a game where uh, Adams is out, MVS only had um, one catch. It's, Yet you got nine catches by the tight ends. It's great. It's yeah. great. Like if, if you had a team, can you imagine defense having, what, having to stop our tight ends <laughs> as, a, as, a, like a, as a number one option? Well, then we get Aaron Jones and and Adams are going to be running around free. It's great. They're finally using all the things available to them. And not a, it's too bad we don't have a Kelsey, but Tanya and wide open's not bad. Well, it seems like they're finding ways to move the ball that is a little different from week to week. You know, the first week you had all those passes uh, to Adams. Uh, you know, second week. Well, and also in the first week, you had, you had so how many? What five different kind of end around sort of yeah, jet sweep of type jet things? Yeah, yeah. And then, but they kind of went went away from that, and they the offense worked differently in the second game. It worked differently in this game because you didn't have Adams. You know, when you can be multiple like that and and beat teams a different way, e- even when they they take you out of you know what you normally like to do. Well, you just do something else and you do right. it effectively. Yeah. So. From my money, Packers are going to be a, a tough out, or at least so it appears right now. If you're going to beat the Packers, you're going to have to, you know, uh, beat them on offense. You're going to have to outscore them. You're going to have to beat the defense consistently. But the defense seems good enough to get those four stops per game. You're going to run up a lot of yards against them. You're going to score a lot of points against them. But I think they're going to be able to stop you just enough to allow that offense to win. Um, you know, I, I think I, I was too low probably in my 
you know, projections. I mean, they're looking to me like they they could be 11-12 win team. It, it could. It It's just the, the offense has to keep clicking. And, and I hope that as they go along, you know, they, they can afford to take some long shots on some free agents or trades here. This team might be like this offense because you've got – Jones and Bakhtiari, like you, you've got a window here where the offense is really good. Maybe you, you go for it a little bit on some of the defensive guys that maybe you could go after to try and improve there. I don't think they're going to. That's not their MO, but um, be nice that they could. Like it'd be great if this Camille Martin could come in and be a real yeah. difference maker, right? Like, wow. And and now the defense is playing better and like we're dominant. But uh, well, until, until the, the yeah. offense does something different, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I like our chances to be in every game, at least. Yeah, I, so so far so good. I mean, this is so different from last year, uh, where you know they they were they had won the first three games last year too. But it just it just felt different than it does this year. This yeah. this team just seems like it's more legit than what they had last year. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of, and, and maybe this is dangerous. I'm kind of kind of feeling good that you know every week. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a chance every week, regardless of who they're playing. It seems like they have a really good plan from week to week, and they always are, are going to have an opportunity to win the game that they won't ever go go in where you're feeling eh, they're outclassed for whatever reason. You know, they just seem to to have enough scheme, enough talent, maybe the combination of those things to win, regardless of who they're playing any week. Yeah. I mean, it does. For McCarthy, for a few years, it just felt like, what's this bozo doing? Right now, it, it feels like they know what they're doing. Uh, now, defense is, uh, I, we can all get mad at Petten and, you know, what's he doing? But uh, it does feel like LaFleur calling plays, the offense way it's running. It's it's like this kind of one step ahead idea. It just, we, we lost that for a while with uh, McCarthy and his offense. So I'm excited. Well, you know, McCarthy, you know, won a lot of games, though. And I, I, I won't you can't take that away. It, a lot of times it wasn't maybe necessarily convincing other than like, what, you know, 2011, 2014. Yeah, a lot of years weren't weren't like that, but they still managed to win a hell of a lot of games. And so I don't want to I don't, I don't want to take that away from him. But they, he didn't come out of the box 16 and three either. So. Yeah, you know, fair. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. That's your game. Uh, that's your ball yeah, game. That's the game. Now, uh, for for those that um, are so inclined, we will have the betting lines, and we will do those things. We'll do that in a separate podcast. We'll also have a couple of um, emails and a couple of tweets and things to talk about, and uh, pop culture as well, and may, and maybe a couple extra odds and ends left over from the game that we'll that we'll touch on. Uh, but but for those, I guess, with the discerning palate that would like to have a little bit extra Packers therapy. We, we will do one more uh, shorter podcast uh, that will be released probably later in the week, I would imagine. I guess that's probably how we're going to do that. At any event, Packers win 37-30. to 30. They move to 3-0. and uh, Monday night football next week against the Atlanta Falcons, who are coming in at 0-3. So they will be Hungry for a win, and maybe Dave, maybe just as one of those times Packers could win and um, you know kill another coach as they did a few years ago, <laughs> where it seemed like every week that they won, the 
other team's coach got fired. So yeah, may, yeah. so maybe they'll continue that uh, going into this Monday night game against Atlanta. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but you got to be optimistic based on, on how the Packers have done to this point. At any event, we will be back uh, next week to talk about that uh, Packer game against Atlanta. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.